What is going on, everybody? Hope you are having a great Christmas. For those who celebrate, if you don't, hope you're having a good day, too. I'm getting ready to drop my top 10 favorite video games of 2020. Not your top 10. Not the top 10. My top 10, which is a personal list. Certain games won't be on this list. Cyberpunk will not be on this list due to the fact that I'm going to wait for the PS5 upgrade. I'm playing the PS4 version on PS5. It runs fine, but I think we'll see a different game with the next gen in mind. The game was not created for the current gen. Plus, I got a few other games I need to catch up on. Immortals, I'm playing right now. Great game. I've not finished it. So any games that were not finished in 2020, and I don't think I'll finish Immortals by next week. So it has been omitted from the list, but definitely check it out. So let's jump right into it. Resident Evil 3 Remake is number 10. I like the game. I do realize that different developers worked on this game. And people tried to compare it to Resident Evil 2 and the original Resident Evil 3. And I didn't compare the two because it's about 20 years later. So things are going to be different. People were kind of upset that the clock tower was missing. Yeah, okay, but I can look past that. It was compared to Resident Evil 2 because of different graphical styles, different animations. For example, in Resident Evil 2, you could still attack down zombies and their limbs would fall off. Well, on the Resident Evil 3 remake, you can kill some zombies, but the limbs normally do not fall off unless it's a critical hit. And that's okay, as long as the experience was fun. I like the redesigned Jill Valentine. I think that in the original, she was kind of dressed for the club. Unless she was coming from the club. And for those who haven't played the game, you can go ahead and look that up. I did like the voice acting. I thought it was really good. A lot of people didn't like the Nemesis because, once again, they compared it to the original. But I like the Nemesis. I like the scripted events. I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, he was no Mr. X. But, and I thought, think personally, Mr. X was a little bit too much in the Resident Evil 2 remake. Doesn't take away from anything, but the issue with me was how was Mr. X able to teleport right where you are? You shoot one time and all of a sudden, boom, he shows up. So, like I said, the scripted events with the Nemesis are fine. It told a good story. The Carlos section, because most regular Resident Evil games, you play as a secondary character. As in Resident Evil 2 Remake, you play as Sherry on Claire's campaign, and Ada Wong on Leon's campaign. You play as Carlos, and his police station sections fill in the gaps or fill in parts of the story for Resident Evil 2, and his hospital section was amazing. I had fun playing through that. I had uh, the Hunters. So the Hunters were cool. Uh, Hunter Betas, not the Hunter Gammas. They were in the sewers and kind of weird. And uh, like I said, maybe I'm overthinking, but sometimes certain sections of the uh, Resident Evil 3 remake had me question things like, wait a minute, why are there different creatures in the sewer? Did one set of creatures eat the other? And I mentioned this before. But that was my number 10 game of the year. 
Number nine, Mafia Defensive Edition. Now, a lot of people scored this game kind of low, but it told a great story. And great controls, by the way. It was scored low because it was in the more of a mission style, kind of like almost like a Call of Duty style mission, opposed to the open world style, which I don't think the game needed. For the story it told, I'm glad it wasn't open world. Plus, there's not too much to do in open world 1920s anyway. The graphics were good. Uh, the only thing I really didn't like about it is it was a little bit too short. It, um, you technically could play it like a Call of Duty and be done with it in maybe 10 hours. But other than that, I recommend it. You could probably came out at what, $29.99, probably at a budget price now. Probably $19.99 now. Definitely check it out. Number eight, Crash Bandicoot 4. Now, I love platforms, especially old school platformers. But Crash Bandicoot 4 took it to a whole different level. Now, it is a direct sequel to Crash Bandicoot 3, and it removes any of the Crash Bandicoot stories after Crash Bandicoot 3. I'll let you play the game to figure out the references. However, I love this game. It is very, very challenging. It is very, very difficult. I found myself dying over and over, almost dark souls like dying. But every time I died, I was able to see what's going to happen, get certain timings down, like certain spikes, exploding barrels, uh, wind-propelled uh, jump sequences. But it's very challenging. It's a little bit different from the from the very first game or the original Crash Bandicoot. The stages are a little bit wider, and that's obviously due to, to excuse me obviously due to technology changing, and they're able to do more with the on screen actions. Uh, as far as the very first Crash Bandicoot, I'll make this really quick. I wasn't a big fan of it. I didn't really uh, fall on a crash train until Crash 2. Crash 2 was a very good game. It made a lot of improvements. And it's almost that's it's like you're playing Crash 2 and 3 in Crash 4. Definitely check it out. It is worth every penny. Number seven, Demon Souls Remake. Now, I know I said I retired from games that are, like, are soul-born games, like Bloodborne, which I'll never play again. It's not very great. Not in my personal opinion, not the greatest game in the world. Dark Souls, you know, those games are overly difficult. Sekiro, great game. Great game, but very difficult. Now, what's interesting is I did say I retired from these types of games, but I found myself playing them because they are challenging and they are fun. I think that a lot of Souls games or soul style games are a product of lazy developers. They don't want to come up with a story. They don't want to come up with uh, additional cutscenes or whatnot. So what they do is just make it a uh, story at the beginning. They say some kind of plot it doesn't make any sense, and then just make this overly difficult game. Uh, Sekiro told a little bit more of a story. That's why I like playing it. But a lot of these Souls games, people say, oh, that's the future of gaming. It's not. That is the future of lazy development and lazy writing. 
Everybody doesn't want to play these type of games. Jedi Fallen Order could have been great. It's good, but it could have been great had it not been like a Souls game. Everybody, when I sat down, I saw the first uh, save uh, save point in uh, Jedi Fallen Order. It's like all the enemies will be revived. Like, oh, man, it's a Souls game. And I didn't read up uh, on it. And it started like a regular game, like with a plot and everything. Like that. Then it just turned to Souls. And I was just like, okay, let me hurry up and get this done. So, yes, the Demon Souls remake, it's pretty straightforward. Not much to say about it. Yeah, you're going to die a lot. Yes, it's going to be difficult. But there, would it benefit from an easy mode if you're just looking to run through it real quick? Uh, maybe there'll be some DLC content later on. We'll see where that goes. Number six, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Now, a lot of people say, oh, uh, Miles Morales is just D like a DLC, but those people haven't played the game. For anybody to say that, they have not even they have not even touched the game. Sure, it's short, six hours. But you can beat Resident Evil 2 Remake and Resident Evil 3 Remake in four hours. So is that not a full game? So the logic really doesn't make any sense. So yes, Miles Morales tells a fantastic story. Okay, spoiler alert: Peter Parker, eh, he hard, he's not really in the game. The story is great. So for those six hours that it takes for you to beat it, you're engrossed in the game. The gameplay is good. But a lot of people, once again, they say, oh, it's more like DLC. But I asked those people, have they played it? And then they say, no. Well, if you haven't played it, how would you know? Like I said, when it comes to, I understand, you don't have to play everything to have an opinion on it. However, there are certain games that people have opinions on. I asked them, have they played it? I want to see, are they talking from an informed opinion or from what came out of somebody else's mouth? Had somebody tell me about what the reviewers said, what the people talked, what the people they talked to were saying. I said, you know, I didn't ask all that. I asked you, have you played it? Simple yes or no. If they, if, you know, a yes is okay, you played it, cool. No, you didn't play it, cool. But now I know where I, it's better for me to know where your opinion is coming from. I love Miles Morales. I might play through it again. So that's my number six game of the year. Is it a system seller? No. No, it's not. No. If PS5s were in stock, this wouldn't be the game you run out to get. Is it worth the $49.99? Absolutely. And to be honest with you, I don't even like Spider-Man for PlayStation 4. It's okay. And I'm sure there's a, I heard there's a remaster for PS5. And I'm sure it's decent, but I don't like those Mary Jane sneaking missions. I don't want to be sneaking around. Once again, I don't want to be sneaking around in every game. I want this lazy development, lazy writing. Nobody wants to sneak around with Mary Jane. I almost fell asleep during her sections. Moving on, number five, Paper Mario Origami King. Now, a lot of people scored this game pretty low, but I liked it. I thought the gameplay was actually a little bit simplistic, but simplistic enough for you to enjoy it. Once again, you don't need an overly difficult Paper Mario game. Now, I wish there was, I know, another Mario game coming out. 
that was more, you know, non-RPG, and nothing will be Super Mario RPG, no matter how many Paper Marios you release. It's not going to happen. The story's simple to follow. Definitely check it out. It's worth the 60 bucks, in my opinion. It took me a while to get to it because I asked some other games to play. But the, my overall experience is something I uh, think you all can enjoy, especially if you're a fan of games like A Thousand Year Door. So check it out, Paper Mario Origami King. Number four, Doom Eternal. Now, when I pre-ordered this, I pre-ordered the Switch. I wanted to pre-order the Switch version because I thought it was coming out on the same day. And it turns out that the Switch version didn't come out until just recently. And I'll explain why in next week's episode, in next week's bonus episode. I'll explain why. And I had to get it on PS4. What a ride. This game is fast-paced. It's action-packed. It's just a, you know, 20-hour, 20-plus-hour shoot-a-thon. I could play this game all day. I ran through it twice. I like the creatures, the monsters, the gunplay, the graphics, even the platforming sections. And they really improved upon the things from Doom 2016. Especially with their platform. The levels are well designed. They, they provide a challenge, but they're not overly difficult where you don't want to play the game anymore. So definitely check it out. I believe it's at a budget price right now, too. $29.99 at most places. Play it. You will it will not disappoint, especially if you love Doom. A lot of people didn't like Doom 2016. I ended up getting that game on the Switch. Eventually, I had it on Xbox uh, One, and then I uh, got it again on the Switch. A lot of people kept telling me it was bad, so I wanted to play it for myself. Remember, most when it comes to games, I want to play it myself. I don't want to listen to other people. Other people's opinions won't matter to me based on their experience with that game. And most times, people are just talking they haven't played it. Check out Doom Eternal. It will not disappoint. Number three. It's the Trials of Mana remake. Man. From the three characters I picked, I had a great time playing the game. The story is good. The grinding is cool. The leveling up. And the last part of the main story is that four-hour battle through the castle where you can just keep leveling up. I mean, I must have played that I want to say, yeah, it's about th two and a half, three hours to get through there and another hour for the end bosses. But by that time, I was so leveled up that I made quick work of those guys. The controls are well. The easy-to-use magic. It's a better system than the original Trials of Mana remake as far as uh, the pacing of the story and the pacing of the game itself. It will not let you down. Pick it up. I had the Nintendo Switch version. I did not have the PS4 version. I had the Nintendo Switch version because it was easier to play in handheld mode on a Switch Lite. Oh, especially if you're watching something, uh, another TV show or something. So, yes, definitely Trials of Mana. Number two, the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Now, between number two and number one, it was a, really a toss-up. 
thought about it for a while. I had to put Final Fantasy VII Remake at number two. That's only because I was never a big fan of Final Fantasy VII for the for PlayStation 1. Not a fan. I beat it. Uh, it's okay. But I never had the desire to go through and play it again. But this game <laughs> did CPR on, on the original game. From the graphics to the story. And this is only the Final Fantasy Remake Part 1. So imagine where Part 2 is going to go. And I honestly hope that the story is tweaked a little bit to where Aerith lives. Uh, the character really grew on me. And I don't want to see it die. Uh, I actually started liking Cloud. I've never been a big fan of Cloud. Everybody who knows me and knows, knows I love Final Fantasy games. And Zidane from Final Fantasy IX is my favorite main protagonist. And followed by Lightning, my second favorite protagonist. But anyway, um, I don't want to get into too much because I don't want to spoil the experience. I want you guys to play it. Get the Final Fantasy VII Remake. And if you didn't like the original, it will change your mind on the original. Trust me. And number one, that's right. My favorite game of 2020, without a doubt, you know what it is. The last of no, no, <laughs> no. I was just messing with you guys. The Ghost of Shishima. The sword play. Imagine Sikoro. Settles that twice. And Grand Theft Auto in a blender. Amazing game. From the sword play, the story it tells, the Mongol invasion. And you taking up the role of Jin Sakai. Jin Sakai is up there with my favorite fictional characters in video gaming. Kratos, Dante, Solid Snake, Sam Fisher. Yes, I may play this game again if there is a PS5 version. It's from its open world, even its horseback riding. Yes, it takes elements of Assassin's Creed, sure. But it has a complex yet simple combat system. And the kills in this game, unbelievable. And I can't wait until I get a sequel. So yes, number one, Ghost of Tsushima. Please pick it up and play it. All right, guys, that's it. That's my top 10 video games for 2020. Next week, we're rolling with Don't Get Caught Up, Don't Get Locked Up 4. And the bonus episode we're going to roll with is going to be about Sony and Microsoft taking off on Nintendo and why Nintendo needs to do something. Because if they don't, they're going to be graphically and technologically behind big time. Especially because they're going to stop making PS4 Pros and stop manufacturing Xbox One and Xbox One X. So you know what that really means. We're really heading into the Series X PS5 time. All right, you guys. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening.